0: You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. We come alive as we are with the living word the so we can fully rest in your truth. Yeah,
1: yeah. This could be your last day. This could be a word especially for you because your time is short and you don't know it but your time is short. Wake up. And if you wake up, if you really wake up, then point number 2. Here's what you do. You put aside the deeds of darkness. People that wake up, people that have spiritual revival, the things they put aside, they put off, they repent of, they leave behind.
0: And if you have a spiritual revival, your life's going to be different. You aren't guaranteed another minute in this world. None of us are. When you live with this awareness, it brings a sense of urgency to your life. What are you investing yourself in? In momentary pleasures or in building wealth? Whatever it might be, even if it's something good and noble, if it takes priority over your relationship with Christ and the mission that he's given you, it needs to be taken down a notch. Today, Pastor Danny will challenge us to wake up and to fix our eyes on what really matters. Now here's Pastor Danny in the Book of Romans, chapter 13, as he begins his message, Personal Revival.
1: Chapter 13, verse 11. And do this understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. Who's he dealing with here? Who's he talking to here? Well, he's obviously talking to those that haven't been listening. He's obviously talking to those that haven't done anything in response to what's been said before. They heard it, but they didn't do it. They're in a spiritual Slumber, Listen, thank God he's the kind of God that doesn't let those people continue on without at least speaking to them. Because for their sake, he's saying, look, you're closer to seeing me, Jesus, today than you were yesterday. That's what the text says. Wake up because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Either Jesus is coming and he could come today, the rapture of the church, I believe, could happen today, or some of us are a lot closer to seeing Jesus than others just by the fact of our age. The hour's already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Duh. The night is nearly over, the day's almost here. So, let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in, the day, as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension, jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a great analogy, isn't it? It's like every day putting your clothes on, make sure you put Jesus on too. And do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. It means to sleep lightly, to slumber, to be in a state of negligence. It means disinclination to action. You know what you need to do, but you're not doing it. Or you haven't done it. Listen, continue in a state of slumber, and he's talking about spiritual slumber. And to continue on in that state usually in time has disastrous consequences. I'll give you another real life analogy in regard to slumber. My friend years ago, they got saved right around the time I did. It's been a little while now, but Floyd Clanton, he was a little older than me. I looked up to him. He was a great athlete. He got a scholarship uh, to go play baseball at a college in our home state of South Carolina, Newberry College, and he finished his uh, time at Newberry was a great baseball player, and he got saved, a little older than me, but around the same time that I did, became a Christian, and he wanted to continue his education, only now he wanted to learn more about the Bible. So he enrolled in a Christian college not far from where he had gone to Newberry College. During that time, he met a nice Christian young lady. They got engaged. Uh, He's coming home to visit his family on one occasion, and he leaves Hartsville, South Carolina, but he leaves a little late. Uh, And so he's driving at night with his fiancee in the front seat and on his way back to now his Christian college in South Carolina from our hometown, he gets tired. And instead of pulling over and stopping, he continued to try to drive in his state of slumber. He dozed off, went off the road, car ran right into a tree, killed him instantly. They found his fiance walking in the middle of the road in a state of shock. And now years later, I still feel the grief. Floyd's gone. I don't know if you've had those moments when you're driving. I don't know if somebody was with you. I wish I could say I only did it once. I've survived it several times. Even when it's just a nanosecond, when you just kind of all of a sudden your eyes fall asleep and you, and you jump back up, and, and thank God the road's still in front of you, or maybe the road wasn't in front of you, but somehow you got back on. It's very essential you got back on the road because not getting back on the road. Wake up! <laughs> Wake up, because man, spiritual slumber can have disastrous consequences. As I study the characters in the Bible, male and female, most of the characters in the Bible, if you study their lives, had times, and many of them more than one time, in their life where they needed and they got a revival, a personal revival from your state of slumber. Listen, it can happen for lots of reasons. It doesn't have to be going back totally in the old lifestyle. If you were a partier like me, it doesn't mean necessarily going back there. It can just be tough times in life. You can lose a family member. You can lose somebody that, that you love dearly. You can lose your job. You can have things related to COVID happen to you. you. You can just be in a tough time in life, and you can be in a spiritual state of slumber. Thank God, thank God, God God's speaking directly to people that may be in that state of slumber. And he's saying, hey, the first thing you need to do is wake up, wake up. And I find that the characters in the Bible, when you study them, they all had times where they needed spiritual revival. We all have those times. My most significant spiritual revival in my life happened about five and a half years ago. And I'm still riding on that revival today. I'm telling you, my wife can tell you, my kids can tell you, those that know me I'm a different man than I was five and a half years ago. I was was going a bad direction. (laughs) And I'm pastoring. But I was in a spiritual slumber. Thank God. Thank God he dealt with me. One of the ways he dealt with me is through my wife. Now, I didn't enjoy some of the things she had to say during those times, but I'm telling you, God was speaking through her, as he usually does. And if I had not had my revival, I'm not sure I'd be, pe- I'm not sure I'd be up here. The t- I'm not sure I'd be doing what I'm doing. Thank God. Thank God for the opportunity of spiritual revival in life, and we all come to those times we need it. There are four points in the passage. There are clear points, four points. And so when we get to the fourth, you know it's about time to go to eat. What's the first one? I want you to say it with me. Say it with me loudly. Think about it. Ready? Here we go. In anticipation of the soon coming of Jesus Christ and in light of the brevity of life, wake up. Is not that what the text tells us? You're closer to seeing Jesus today than you were yesterday. And we're going to see him. We're going to see him. You're going to stand before him one day. If you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you're going to stand before him, and you're going to end up in a place for all eternity you don't want to go. If you know him as Lord and Savior, you're going to stand before him at what's called the judgment seat of Christ. Either way, you're going to stand before him. So anticipation of the soon coming of Christ, and knowing that we're all going to die. We're all going to die. It's appointed unto man wants to die in the judgment. And guess what? You may die. There are younger people here right now by age, and you may die before the older people in the room. Nobody knows. Nobody. This could be your last day. This could be a word, especially for you, because your time is short, and you don't know it, but your time is short. Wake up. And if you wake up, If you really wake up, then point number two, here's what you do. You put aside the deeds of darkness. People that wake up, people that have spiritual revival, they're things they put aside, they put off, they repent of, they leave behind. And if you have a spiritual revival, your life's going to be different. My life is different. Oh, I'm so thankful. Oh, man, I'm so thankful. My life is different. My wife is thankful. (laughs) She's always loved me. She's always loved me. She loved me during the difficult times. And let me tell you something. Listen to this. Are you listening? Is everybody awake? My wife likes me. (laughs) She's always loved me, but now she likes me. And listen, let me tell you something. It goes a lot better in the home when your spouse likes you they say they love you and then all of a sudden they burn in the, the eggs you know you know yeah have that yeah yeah i love you here when they like you she likes me we ought to talk about that for a few moments no let's not just move on put aside the deeds of darkness when you have a spiritual revival man there are things that change in your life we we're on vacation the last couple of weeks we uh We're out of town briefly. One of the places we went was Nashville. Why did I go to Nashville? Because my wife wanted to go to Nashville. You need a better reason than that. So we went to Nashville. She said, I want to go somewhere where we've never been. I said, Where do you want to go? Nashville. Okay, we're going to Nashville. Flew on a Legion to Nashville. Hung out with the Calvary Chapel just south of Nashville. Had dinner with the pastor and his small staff. Had a great time with them. And then we just kind of toured around Nashville. It was a brief trip. I'm a musician, at least a retired musician. I was a drummer for years. And I love drums still today. And I love music. I just love music. I love reading. You guys know I love reading about the history of rock and roll and guys that were my idols at one time. I, I, and I love music. And so in the evening, I, we're there in Nashville, and I'm telling you, there's, there's live music everywhere, everywhere. Now, I'm going to come back to that one. But also, one of the places we went to is a replica in Nashville. And if you've been there and seen it, uh, it's a replica of the Parthenon. I know it's the book of Romans, but Romans worshipped a lot of Greek gods. The Parthenon was built in Athens. It's just ruins now today, but you can go visit it. And, but... They built a replica. And this thing's huge. We went and visited it. Why did they build the Parthenon? The Parthenon was built to honor the most important of the Greek gods. Now, there's a point to all this on putting aside the deeds of darkness. You put aside the deeds of darkness, you stop worshiping false gods. And even though you might not call them the same names, there's a lot of people worshiping these gods still today. <laughs> You know anything about the gods of the Parthenon? Well, this is your lucky morning. <laughs> uh, let me just give you a handful. Now, the, the, the chief gods, because they, they worshiped hundreds of gods, hundreds of gods. But they had a group of 12 called the Olympian gods. Those were the most important, the most revered, the most worshiped. Let me give you a handful of the Olympian gods. The chief god was Zeus. Zeus, listen to this, Zeus had a short temper. Zeus had a terrible habit of fathering children from many different women. Zeus's wife was also a goddess. Her name is Hera. Zeus's wife was the goddess of marriage and family and she was often ang mad at her husband i wonder why demeter was the goddess of farming and agriculture but demeter had tough times as a goddess because she lost a daughter to hades what do you mean to hades hades was the god of the underworld And Hades stole and married Demeter's daughter. She lost her daughter to hell. Aphrodite was the goddess of love and beauty. And if you read the Greek myths about these gods, Aphrodite in the Greek myths, for men who fell in love with Aphrodite, they incurred a lot of trouble in life because she's the goddess of love and beauty. And men got disappointed. Athena was the goddess of practical wisdom and the protector of Athens, the city named after her. Artemis was the goddess of hunting and protector of young girls and pregnant women. Guess what? Artemis hated men. And then there was Dionysus. Dionysus was was the god of wine. And wine flowed in ancient Rome and in Greek culture. Plays, music, everywhere you went. Everywhere you went, you had a drink in your hand. I read just about those Olympian gods, and I can't help but think of Psalm 115, verse 8. You say, well, Psalm 115, verse 8, what does that have to do with all these gods? Psalm 115, verse 8, listen to this. Talking about all these gods, false gods, those who make them, will be like them. And so will all who trust in them. Your marriage is not going to end up the way you want it. Your family is going to be messed up. Life is going to be a struggle. Wow. (laughs) Those who make them, those who worship them, you're going to be like them. Put aside the deeds of darkness. Doesn't matter what the names of the gods are today. You might say, "I I don't worship false gods. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. Put aside the deeds of darkness. How do you know? What are you putting aside? He lists them. He itemizes here carousing, carousing, carousing. The short definition of carousing is to drink hard alcohol. But the full definition is to feast, to party with others in a noisy, lively way, drinking plentiful amounts of alcohol. Now let's go back to Nashville for a minute. We walked down the streets of Nashville on two nights only for about an hour. And as a musician, it was amazing because I can walk and I'm arm's length away from the drummer. The drummer's usually right up by the window. And I got to stand there just for a few seconds and I'd watch this drummer and I'd watch him. And then I'd take a few steps, and now we're at another bar and now I'm not watching another band, and I walk a few more feet and I'm in another band, and then another band, and then another band. I'm telling you, there were bands everywhere. We went past one place, it was three level, three level bar, and on every level there's a different live band. Listen, there was a day when if I'd have walked into Nashville, I'd have thought I had arrived in heaven, because not only was there music, and not only was there laughter, Man, the girls were down in front of these bands, and they got the drink in hand, you know, and the people are dancing. And I'm telling you what, there was a lot of carousing going on. Now, I come from a background where I used to do a lot of this. I'm ashamed to say it, but it's just the truth. I used to do a lot of this. And on the nights, which became fairly frequent, especially the weekend, you know, when I knew other people are going to be there, the crowd's going to be bigger and and, I'm, and and I'd pop in I'd pop in certain music and there were there were a couple of favorites and here's the deal it's funny you say that I get emails sometimes, and I'll probably get a couple after these messages this weekend, but you say we had a lot of fun. you know what? I had a lot of fun I can't believe you say that, no, you were miserable, you were wicked, you were uh, no. I, I had a lot of fun, Absolutely. some of it I remember. <laughs> I've woken up the next morning not knowing what happened the night before. I woke up one morning and went out and the whole side of my car was dashed in and I had still to this day have no idea how it happened. I'm thankful to be alive. I mean, I'm telling you what, we had a lot of parties, we did a lot of carousing, and I had a lot of good times. And here's the, here's the issue. It's not whether it's pleasure. Moses chose to enjoy or to say no to the pleasures of sin for a season and to, be, to suffer with the people of God. He said no to what? The pleasures of sin for a season. There's a lot of fun out there. There's a lot of good parties. There's a lot of good things in terms of feel good, etc. But it's where it takes you. And as we walked down the streets of Nashville, I began to pray for the people inside. I began to pray because they were just like me. They're just like I used to be. I saw myself in every one of those bars. I saw myself. And then I thank God. I thank God that finally I got some sense. And like the prodigal in the New Testament story that ended up in the pig pen, that's where you'll eventually end up. You'll never end up where you want to end up. You have the party, but if you keep on that path, it'll never take you where you want to go. Put aside the deeds of darkness, carousing. Carousing always ends the drunken, always leads you toward drunkenness. Intoxication, a state where physical and mental control is greatly diminished. There are people after you kick back a few, all of a sudden you couldn't go talk to the girl, now you can go talk to her. All of a sudden you didn't have the courage to do something, and and all of a sudden you're doing things you wouldn't do. Why? Because alcohol is aiding you. But you are not, you are not who you would be without that influence. Doesn't have to be alcohol, it can be drugs. We live in a culture where we have legal drug addicts in our world. Intoxication. Put it aside. Put aside the carousing. Put aside the drunkenness. What else? Put aside the sexual sin. And it always leads to this, doesn't it? I mean, we we feed our flesh. We want to satisfy. Well, God created the sexual desire. That didn't come from hell. That came from God. But sin is what messed us up, and sin is what does mess us up. Sexual immorality, any involvement sexually with anyone outside the boundaries of holy matrimony. And more and more in our culture, we have to point out that's between a man and a woman. A man and a woman. I don't care how the culture goes, and it's going to get, it's going to get harder for Christians to stand up for what is right because the culture is moving toward, they're saying we're bigots They're saying we don't love people. No. If you love people, you're going to tell them the truth, and the truth is the only thing going to set them free. Listen, a man and a man, it doesn't work. It's perverted. A woman and a woman, it doesn't work. It's perverted. You can't even do what God said to do. He said be fruitful and multiply. You can't do that without some kind of outside non-natural source. But we ought to deal with homosexual sin the way we deal with heterosexual sin. And don't think if you're a heterosexual sinner, you're in any better shape than the homosexual. It's still sin. One's just perverted. It's perverted. And that's the word for it. That's not slamming anybody. That's not making them any less. Look, it's perverted. It's twisting God's natural design. It's twisting God's natural order. And that's the way the culture is going. And you're going to be looked down upon. You're going to be ridiculed. You're going to be, and if we keep going like we're going, you're going to be ostracized and you're going to be kept from things. I just think a thing just popped up of a, A couple in Michigan that now can't sell their vegetables at the local town market. They've been selling them there for 20 years. And the reason they can't sell them there is because they started a venue on their property where you can go get married on their property, but they won't allow same-sex couples to get married on their property. And now the city has banned them from selling their vegetables at the local market, and they're in a whole lawsuit about it. But that's the way the culture's going.
0: We're so glad that you joined us for today's edition of The Living Word. Thanks for being a part of our listening audience. If you'd like to hear today's message from the Book of Romans again, or hear more from Pastor Danny Hodges, visit ccfstpete.church. You're also invited to join our Bible Reading Plan. Just look under the Resources tab on our website for more information. As you make your way through the Bible, you might be surprised how something you read hits your heart exactly where you're at or what you're going through. God's Word has a way of doing that, and it's unmistakably God's way of speaking to you. As we wrap up our time with you today, we'd like to take a moment to ask you to partner with us here on The Living Word. Would you join with us in praying for the listeners of this program? You never know how someone might be impacted by hearing about God over the radio, even if they weren't intending to. Pray that listeners would be open to hearing the Gospel message. Pray also that we'd continue seeking God's will for this program in teaching the Word and reaching the world. We'd also like to ask you to pray about supporting the Living Word financially. If you feel led, you can find a way to do this through our website, ccfstbete.church. Just click on the Give tab. We're so grateful for your support. Thanks for praying, giving, and listening here on The Living Word.